الله أكبر الله أكبر شهد الله إلى أشهد أن محمد رسول الله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على المستفى الحمد لله منشي الخلق من عدم يسمى الصلاة على المختار في القدم مولا يصلي وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم وقال الله تعالى بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وتلك الأيام نداولها بين الناس وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بعثت لأتمم مكارم الأخلاق أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام My respected friends, one of the mentions of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that as we move closer and closer towards Qiyamah, the fitan and the trials that people, humanity in general will experience will come one after the other to a point that one will not even be able to think, to fathom they're not even finished with one trial and here we are sitting on the doorstep or on the cusp of another one. The description that Rasulullah used was apt, like how a person has got a, um, a necklace of sorts and there are beads in that necklace. فَقُتِعَ And the string that holds them all together has been cut. And now quickly they run after one after the other out of that string to a point that a person who wants to even try and hold on to his beads or to his necklace, unable to do so because they've escaped the custody of that person so quickly. That is how the fitan and the trials and the tribulations will appear unto mankind. Obviously, the Muslims are a microcosm of that, but it will appear unto mankind in general as we get closer and closer to Qiyamah. We are living in those times. And if a person is even in doubt, then you know what? They should remove their blinkers from their eyes and see and experience that we are living in those times. And it's not only that Muslims have made this observation, all people who have got some semblance of decency about them, who have got some approach to godliness, we don't agree with them obviously because they're not Muslim in what they believe in, 
but they've got this sense of, you know, of, of fear for some sort of divine spirit inside them, they will all attest to the same thing. That the trials that we are experiencing to keep ourselves and our family, and be it our church or our synagogue or whatever together, have never been experienced and seen by our ancestors and our forefathers, and we are nonetheless in exactly the same position in the same boat. We are different in the sense that we have got the support of the Quran. They don't. We have, the, we have got the support of the Sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. They don't. So we have got such fortifying tools. We've got such weapons to rely on that they don't unless they come within the ambit of deen. And there are good people amongst them. In fact, there are a few ahadith which are found in Kitab al-Fitan regarding the end of time, that when Isa wasalam, is going to come down, there will be many Christians in anticipation of him there at the Umayyad Masjid in Damascus. It's clear that they will be waiting for him. And they will think that he's now going to lead us. But when he comes down and he breaks the cross and he says, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Ummati of Rasulullah they will now out of the goodness of their heart follow him. Because there are people like that in every society. And in that regard, we consider them to be allies in that particular department, which we must not shy away from. There is the obvious fitan of the time. But every single one of us cannot be oblivious to, and in fact, if by this time you are oblivious to, probably you just crawled out of the hole or, or crept from under the rock like yesterday. And that is the issue of homosexuality. The first thing that I wish to do is refuse to refer to the euphemism around it. You see the euphemisms, gay, this, that, what not, it's merely to sugarcoat something that is filthy and abhorrent from the start. Which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about in the Quran 21 times. Which Rasulullah refers to over and over again. And it is time that the Ummah addresses it. If not from a global perspective, what they do is they issue and Allah ta'ala guide them. But at least our house, our stance, where we come from, from within. To ensure that we are protected. To ensure that our next generation is safe from these issues and from this filth. Ultimately... In regards to the approach, one thing is the broad approach, the, the, the Muslim global uh, uh, you know, response, and that is obviously it is abhorrent. But when it comes to dealing with particular programs, what will now fit this particular community? How to address the 8-year-olds and the 9-year-olds, and how to address the 13 and 14-year-olds? In many ways, that is still work in development. And it is the system of our deen, alhamdulillah, that wherever the ummah is faced with a challenge, it's only a matter of time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises such people from within the ranks itself who are now able to combat that challenge, whatever it may be. Whether it is belief related, whether it is practice related, this is from time immemorial and the system of Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts together such type of people who put their minds and their concern together and are able to answer it and able to respond to it. And that will come. That will come inshallah. We, we are hopeful that that time will come. But at this point in time, at this juncture in time, let us appreciate what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about the working of Iblis of Shaitan. You see, when Shaitan was expelled from Jannah, he had a long, long time and innings in paradise, by the way. 
He had a very good time there when he was not as yet the accursed at that point in time. And as far as what we know from you know, written evidence that he was given en entry into paradise and he had even received an honorable name inside paradise. And there was not a single space inside paradise except this uh, you know, fellow Azazil at that time. He would now prostrate and make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then the time came, the time came that he had to bow down in front of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. And his response was that khalaqtahu, you created him in teen from soil, you created me from fire, I'm superior to him, so therefore logic now tells me, my personal logic now tells me that one who is superior cannot be bowing down in front of who's inferior. In other words, Adam's supposed to be bowing down before me. Now he's looking at his personal thought and logic. He's not looking at where the instruction has come from. The instruction is coming from Allah. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's instruction is directed towards a believer, no matter how logical you consider yourself to be, how many accolades or academic um, diplomas or degrees you have behind your name, it means nothing when it comes to the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And your logic and understanding of your current world, past world, or what it may be in the future, is nothing when it comes to the instruction of your Allah. That he refused to believe in that. In fact, there is even one narration, a, a, a conversation, that took place between Musa والسلام, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is known as an Israeli narration, in the sense you will not find it in any of our books of ahadith, but it seems to be recorded from the people of the past. And we narrate, narrate the incidences because from time to time there are aspects of wisdom there that apply to our deed as well. And there's no problem with that. Rasulullah says, La haraj, provided it is done in a certain context in its own right. Nonetheless, this conversation transpires. Wherein Musa والسلام, who is the Kalimullah, the one who is able to speak to Allah, tells Allah that, you know what, hey, Shaitan, Iblis, now he's accursed. You think that Tawbah, oh Allah, is even open for him? You know, even Tawbah, can it be open for this Iblis, for this Shaitan as well? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tawbah, the doors of Tawbah open for everybody. Go and tell Iblis, go and tell Shaitan that there's the qabr of Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. Go and prostrate in front of him now. Go and bow down in front of him now. We'll take it from there. Shaitan turns around and says, you think that I didn't prostrate to him when he was alive. I'm going to prostrate to him when he's dead. Not looking where the door of opportunity is coming from. Telling Musa alayhi salam, you think that I didn't prostrate in front of him. I, I couldn't prostrate in front of him when he was alive. Now when he's dead, you want me to prostrate in front of him. The idea is the arrogance of the devil. The arrogance of Iblis. The arrogance of Shaitan. In the book of Allah, <coughs> Shaitan also created the system of how he will play the game against mankind. See, in, in, in the world that we live in, we obviously have numbers and we have different ways different teams win. For example, this is an example that you know we, 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 we may be familiar with. Let's say two teams go on, on, on a field, right? The game is soccer, whatever the case may be. Now, what is the system of them winning? Not that who can kick the ball over the post or into the crowd. This is not rugby. This is a particular game. Who can get it inside to the net? Not their net, the other people's net. That's the system of the game. 
So everybody knows and it's common knowledge whether you're doing it on whatever level the sport works in that particular way that how many times you are able to score in the that is now the standard of you winning or you losing for that matter. And every one of them will have their own particular standards. Shaitan also speaks about the standards that he will employ to waylay mankind. That I will command them. I will command them. Commanding may not necessarily be a direct command that somebody comes to your face like a lieutenant general or you in the army. But the waswasa, the whispering of shaitan. I will continue to whisper and command and, and drive an idea, drive an ideology, drive something. Whether they know where it's coming from or not, but it will be me behind it at the end of the day, commanding them. And then my commands will be such that it will now inflame within them It will inflame within them desires, passions that are already there which you have taught them how to use in a correct way but it's there and they don't know you so therefore as a result they will be inflamed with that very same passions and then my victory will come not through me scoring any goals or being on par on the golf course but my victory will come when they start changing the very same established creation of yours that you say this is male no they want to change it and make it into something else you say that this is female no it's something else you say that this is by this is what male or female no it's something in between binary you say that this is haram no it is halal that is how how my game will work and as soon as you see them you soon as they are visible in now changing the khalq and the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now this is my points on the field I am scoring points through all these things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course responded to Iblis in a number of places fine you are going to take your share from humanity but then they will be ibadi as salihun they will be my righteous servants who I will look after who I will protect who I will make sure that you will not be able to count on them or, or, or cause uh, you know score any points upon they will be those righteous servants of mine who I will protect and it is those righteous servants that at any time of fitan and corruption that need to stand up not simply in their own personal interest but in the interest of all of humanity in the interest of everybody that they need to make a noise in the interest of everybody that this is the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that whenever the righteous of this world stood up on the back of what was true even people who were non-thinkers became thinkers you look at how deen spread in the four corners of the world the classic example of the conversation taking place between Ribi ibn Amir and between Rustam, the general of the Persian Empire. Classic example. What does he say? When Rustam asked him, when Rustam asked, by the way, Rustam was a Persian non-Muslim general, right? He was on the side of the Kuffar, the disbelievers, the Zoroastrians, the fire worshippers. The Sahaba radiallahu anhu were fighting against them. And this was now uh, uh, preceding battles like Nehrwan, etc., which are basically in old Faris, old Persia, today Iraq, but old Persia, from a geographical point of view. So nonetheless, when this general, who now is, in, is fearful of the Sahaba, because they've got a reputation beyond the battlefield, 
but he wants to know what makes these people tick. How come no military strength? How come nothing of the source or oil of the sort? But you are beating us and you're beating the Romans. You're beating us, you're beating the Romans. What have you got by way of strategy that we do not have? So he calls Ribi ibn Amir And he says, Ma ja'abikum. He doesn't even say that why have you all come? He already uses what is known as snuck premise in the English language. He already assumes that you have come for wealth. So why have you all come? I mean, what must I give you all to make you all go away? It's already an assumption, thinking that, you know, it's a foregone conclusion. You've got nothing to gain here except money and the wealth of the Persian Empire. What can I do to bribe you so that you will get lost? That's what he's asking him. So what is, what is his response? He says, listen, we haven't come for the dunya. Jitna that we have come, we have come for one solid and, and simple reason. So that we can take out the servants of Allah from the servitude of other people. And from the oppression of all ways of life possible. From all ways of life. Ila adlil Islam. To the justice of Islam, wamin dunya, and from the narrow-mindedness of this world that wants you to see it in a shaitani particular way, ila saatil Islam, to the broadness of the Deen of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that wants you to look beyond this world to the akhirah, to the real objective that why you have been born in the first place and not constrict yourself to the hedonism and the desires of the dunya that is nothing but destruction for you. This is his summary. This is the motto of every single Muslim, family unit, individual, government, society, that this is the reason why we are here. And no matter what uh, identity, the fitting chooses to cover itself with in whatever time, then that is an important response to it. Rasulullah spoke about the end of time. That a person will seem to be a stranger. Badal Islamu Gariba. The deen has started as a stranger. Look at the words of Nabi Sallallahu He doesn't necessarily use the word Muslim community. But the word Islam is interchangeable with the practices of Islam. Quite often, when Rasulullah is asked, what is Islam? Or the Sahaba were asked, what is Islam? They would give some practical definitions of what Islam means. So the term Islam is one thing, the belief that an individual a person has. It is also in reference to the practices of Islam. And some ulama say that this hadith over here, Bada al-Islam, that the practices of Islam started out strange. It will return to be strange, means that people will know what a Muslim is. They know that a Muslim has got a certain name, a certain identity. But the very practices that come from a genuine Muslim will be something strange to them. They may be, become familiar with the, you know, with the conventional practices. But where a Muslim says that this life of hedonism, this homosexuality is against my norms and it is perverted behavior. How could you say this? You're a homophobic individual. You this, you that. Strange to them, which is actually standard across the entire world and has remained so as long as humanity could think of. The subject indeed is very broad. It's not one single 20 minute Juma discourse. It's on different levels. But the least that we could do is our own personal capacity. Ensure the consumption that we are taking in.
by way of our social media, by way of who we interacting with. Remember, any single aspect of hedonism, including this one here as well, it's always as a result of the socialization of the child, the socialization of the individual. Ultimately, Rasulullah speaks about socialization. Who does the wolf get? Al-Ghanam al-Kasiyah, the, the wolf that is now separated, or rather the, the wolf will pick on the sheep that is now separated from the flock. And what is Rasulullah referring to? Who is the sheep? The sheep is you and I. And what is meant by the flock? The jama'atul muslimin. Socialization, that's what he's referring to. That if a person's understanding of socialization, your own child's understanding of socialization is nothing but a tablet or a phone in front of them, then ultimately every single day they are potential victims of a hook getting thrown to them about perverted behavior. That's how it is. And if a person hasn't as yet realized it at this point in time, then they are living in some sort of different world altogether. Rather limit the socialization and ensure who our personal socialization and the socialization of our family be with those who are like-minded Muslims and no better place than a man coming in the fort of the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their masjid. Where else? Where else that represents the fort of a believer? Rasulullah says that this ultimately is the paradise of a believer. And what is the marketplace? Not just the physical marketplace, but the online marketplace as well. It is the very same place that shaitan lays its egg or his egg hatches his egg and raises his young in references to the plots and the plans of Iblis of shaitan. This is an ongoing every year reality that everybody in some way or the other will not remain untouched from. You're a brand owner. It's only a matter of time that the brand manager for the entire country is going to come and give you a phone call. Mr. So-and-so, you made a lot of money from us over the years. Your great-grandfather was a budget and a samosa vendor and salesman. You not. You very comfortable. In fact, you comfortable, your grandchildren, everybody around you is living a royal life. Why? Because of the brand. Not because of you. You could go back to selling your bajjas for all we care. But we worried about the brand and you've been a good servant of the brand. Today we would like next June, maybe not this June, but next June, we would like to see whether you're with us or against us. Not with us or not with us. Whether you're with us or against us. We would like to fly our flag right next to the very same brand that you have been loyal for all these years. What does a Muslim do then? What does a Muslim do then? What does a Muslim look that you know what I am going to be victimized at this point in time? May Allah tell him, never bring that time. We ask for afia all the time, but at the same time, it is the, the you know the, the, the instruction of the Quran, you prepare for them. You ask for afia and protection that it never happens and never comes. But you prepare mentally, physically. Legally, every single way Allah Ta'ala says, prepare, prepare, even if they don't come by your door, you still prepare. Because that is the nature of a believer. Their iman and their ethics are above everything else. And don't ever think that even the, the Muslim professional may, you know, is safe from the, the scourge of what we see out there. They'll come and tell you, you know what, you want admittance to the bar? You want to maintain a certain license or you want elevation from where you are now to another office. Let's see how committed you are to the cause. Let's see how committed you are. You want to become a magistrate and currently you are sitting over here. You want more money. You want more 
um, you know, name in your particular profession. You're a, you're a medical practitioner. Let's see how, how good you were to the cause. Let's see how good you were in auditing such type of companies that promoted the particular flag before we recommend you or send you any further. Even government will get involved in a way or the other. It is the Muslim that needs to prepare but ask Allah Ta'ala for afia and protection at the same time. You know, at the same time, whilst we are saying this, my respective friends, and maybe we should conclude upon this point over here, time is up. But there are many Muslims and many other people as well who are in, you know, not necessarily involved in that habit or that practice, Allah Ta'ala save us, but are in a company. They can't say anything. They need this job. They, they are here. They, they are in a place because of what is termed as a darura, as a necessity. Whilst the message is to repel homosexuality and the culture, the current pride culture, one also has to be empathetic to the individual Muslim who may be working there, who desires to be elsewhere, who desires to be, you know, what I, I, I don't subscribe to this nonsense, but my rosy, my risk, my sustenance, my school fees, my car, my this, my house, my parents, we're not in their position. Very easy for, the, for everybody to say, I'll leave this here and go somewhere else. Well, you're going to end up paying rent. You're going to end up paying that man's rent. You're going to end up paying that man's school fees or whatnot. Thus, the instruction of our ulama with regards to anybody involved in a, any type of profession, company or otherwise that celebrates anything anti-Islam, he said, do your level best to look elsewhere, but for now, Consider it repugnant in your heart. Make tawbah, cry to Allah, believe in the promise of Allah. Whoever adopts taqwa, Allah Ta'ala makes a way out for that person. And Allah Ta'ala will not only make a way out for that person, Allah Ta'ala will make a way out for everybody. I'll conclude upon this one story here about this aspect. That where one person desires a way out, Allah Ta'ala makes a way out for everybody. This particular righteous person, right? This is an anecdotal story. Not a real one, you know, like how you have those anecdotal fables that give you a, a broader perspective of life. So this Hazrat, this Allah Wala type of man, righteous man, he owed quite a few people money. He was in business, he took loans, helped people, etc. So one day all the people who needed money from him, rightfully, came to his house. Hazrat, if we have left anybody, we would have left them for you, but we also need our money and, you know, the usual story, that we need our money back. And wherever he's coming here, sit down, sit down, sit down, have a seat, take a seat, take a seat. After a couple of hours or so, we're taking a seat, but where's our money now? I mean, we're not here just to warm your seat now, warm your bench. Where's our money? One kid comes to the door. He's selling sweetmeats, jalebi, barfi, all these type of sweetmeats, right? So he's got a tray. So he's, um, you know, he, he's supporting his mother who's got a home industry. And he's going door to door as a vendor selling things. Uh, like how we used to have back in the day in town. I doubt anymore. But anyway, wherever you're from, you might remember that. So he now comes to the door of this righteous man. So the righteous man said, you know what? How much is on your tray? Right? I bought all of it. Uh, I'll give you the money. Go and serve everybody over here. And you two take a seat for your money. You two go and sit down next to the guy who came for his money. You will be number 25 in the line. So he goes and sits down with his tray. After a while, where's my money? Where's my money? So the husband tells him, carry on sitting, man. Just carry on. Then he burst out crying. Hey, you know what? My mother is going to spank me now. She told me to sell all these things over here. Now you're not giving me my money. I want my money. He cried and he cried and he cried until all of a sudden somebody comes with a bag of money. Hazrat, this is a gift for you. 
from so-and-so person because, you know, they like you and you're their good friend. He opens it up, pays everybody else. He pays everybody, including the kid who came selling, you know, with his tray over there. So somebody asked him, where did this come from? He says, no, all of them were here, but they weren't really crying. They weren't really crying. They were just making a noise, but they weren't really crying. Allah Ta'ala waited for the one guy to come and cry. The one guy who cried for the sake of whatever, his mother, himself, waited to see that emotional response of the masoom one, and then answered everybody's hope and desire. Everybody got paid and everybody went along. Sometimes it happens like that. Sometimes it happens that that one person who is madhloom, that one child who has been educated well by their parents, standing up in a classroom, telling the teacher, you're talking nonsense. You to one, you know, like what, uh, the man at the time of Fir'aun, uh, you know, the, the Musa Islam story, who stood up in the court of Fir'aun, you're talking nonsense. It takes one person like that, like the same incident of the emperor and his clothes, that there was this emperor, he used to like everything that was fanciful, until two crooks and two swindlers come and says, we've got such a material to sell you, sir, Mr. King, that only intelligent people can see it. Meanwhile, there's nothing in their hands, it's all bogus. But the, the king is, is afraid to admit that if I tell them that you're holding nothing in the air, I'll be considered a fool. They said only intelligent people can see this material. So he goes and shows all his ministers and tells them only intelligent people can see this material. All of them are too afraid to admit you're holding nothing in the air. But otherwise what people are going to think we fools or what? Until the day of the parade comes and he's absolutely naked on top of his elephant thinking that I'm wearing garments that only intelligent people can now see. Everybody else is quiet from the fishmonger to the baker everybody is quiet because the people must not think that we are fools until one masoom child stands up and says king you naked you got no clothes the guy swindled you and took your money away maybe it takes that because ultimately every system of batil and the falsehood, falsehood is baytul ankabut the house of the spider Allah Ta'ala refers this in a whole surah in the Quran surah ankabut what does Allah Ta'ala say? That there's a spider, it made a house. This house has got a web everywhere. In your eyes, you think that this thing is so networked and so connected. But when it comes crashing down, Allah Ta'ala says, bayt, The weakest of houses, the Baytul Ankabut, it is the house of the spider. It can be broken down with one old lady coming with a broom. And that's the end of the entire network. Allah Ta'ala keep us strong. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala keep us united on purpose. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from all fitan. Ma zahra minha wa ma batan wa akhida alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Qail, Bada, Udhbillahi, Minash Shaytan, Rajimi, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim, 
وادعو الى سبيل ربك بالحكمه والموعظه الحسنه فنحمده حمدا كثيرا كلما يحمد الحامدون ونشكره شكرا جميلا كلما يشكره الشاكرون وصلى الله على النبي وصلى الله عليه وعلى اله صلاه وسلام دائمتين متلازمتين لا يوم يجمع الاولون والاخرون اما بعد فيا ايها الناس اوصيكم بنفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون ويقول الله عز وجل كنتم خير امه اخرجت للناس تعمرون بالمعروف وتنهون عن المنكر وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من راى منكم منكرا فليغير بيده فان لم يستدف بلسانه وان لم يستدف بقلبه وذلك اضعف الايمان او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام هذا وحثكم على طاعه الله وطاعه رسوله ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد واهتدى ومن يعص الله ورسوله فقد خسر وغوى واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه فيا فوز المستغفرين ويا نجاه التائبين الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهد الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله ارسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعه من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصي فانه لا يضر الا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ان الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا ايها الذين امنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وازواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى واشهدهم في امر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى واستقم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى واقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى وفاطمه سيد نسائه للجنه والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب اهل الجنه وحمزه اسد الله واسد رسوله اللهم اغفر العباس وولده مغفره ظاهره وباطنه لا تغادر ذنبا وعن كل الصحابه اجمعين الله الله في اصحابي لا تتخذهم غرضا من بعدي فمن احبهم فبحب احبهم ومن ابغضهم فببغض ابغضهم وخير امتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى من الفعل والقول والعمل والنيه والهدى انك على كل شيء قدير اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم واجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل واحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولا ذكر الله تعالى اعلى واولى وعز وجل وتمو اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون اقيم الصلاه please make your sufuf as straight as possible do not leave any gaps Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen 
الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إن بطش ربك لشديد إنه هو يبدئ ويعيد وهو الغفور الودود ذو العرش المجيد فعال لما يريد هل أتاك حديث الجنود فرعون وثمود بل الذين كفروا في تكذيب والله من ورائهم محيط بل هو قرآن مجيد في لوح محفوظ الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قل يا أيها الكافرون لا أعبد ما تعبدون ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد لكم دينكم وليدين الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <laughs> اللهم جنبنا وجنب العمة يا رب العالمين وجنب أولادنا وأطفالنا يا رحم الراحمين من كل ذنب وذنوب ومن كل هيئة وسيئة يا رحم الراحمين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون والسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين